Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We give the Lord a big cheer this evening. Amen. Come on, we can do better than that, church. Come on. Amen. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. He woke us up clothed, Brother Jerry, in a right mind, a mind to want to serve him, Brother Danny. Amen. Appreciate everybody being out this evening. Appreciate what I feel in the spirit. Amen. Appreciate what we had Sunday morning service. Amen. Tonight, if you'll join me in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, for just a few moments, I want to speak to you about being a witness. Acts 1 and 8 reads like this. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. And the church said, But ye shall receive power. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, truly we do love you and we do praise you and we do thank you for being so merciful. Thank you, God, for making a way for us to be here, God. God, you're the way, the truth, and the life. God, we're ever so thankful, God, that you break up these fallow grounds, God, that your seed to get rooted and grounded in our hearts and our souls and in our minds. God, that it'll bring forth some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. God, truly we do thank you, Lord. We love you so much. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. But ye shall receive power. Aren't you thankful, Brother Kenny, for the power of the Holy Ghost? Amen. I'm thankful that that the Bible said that the Holy Ghost would lead us and guide us, Sister Joyce, into all truth. Amen. I'm thankful for the truth. I'm thankful to know who the truth is this evening. Amen. I've thought about when we thought about when it says, "Be, but ye shall receive power. I thought about Brother Jerry when um, in Acts chapter 4, and uh, the Lord just kind of gave this to me before I left home, and I made sure and read me the passage again on the way over here, so just bear with me for just a minute, but we're fixing to go somewhere. But, but they went to the gate called Beautiful, and the Bible said there was a lame man there, said he'd been lame since his mother's, amen, since birth, Sister Lana. To him, the gate wasn't beautiful. It was a place for him to go and collect alms and bless you. And, but he said, when I think about power, see, I, I think about what Peter told this man. You know, Sister Boyd, he, he, said, he said, look on us. Church say, look on us. And as witnesses, that's what we're asking the world to do, church. Brother Trevor, that's what we're asking the, the world to do is to look on us. Because if you look around in this world of chaos that we live in, if they don't come to church, 
Where are they going to see Jesus at? Sister Brittany, it's got to be in, in our life, and whether it's at work or whether it's at play or whether it's shopping or wherever we might be. But he said, silver and gold have I none. See, Sister Jane, it ain't about money, what people need. Power, they need this power. This, you know, there's people not only need a physical healing, but there's people out in the world that needs a, a mind healing. Amen. They need a family healing. They need their jobs to be healed. Amen. They need family members emotionally scarred that needs to be healed. Amen. And the Bible said that Peter reached down, said the man looked on them, Brother Justin, expecting to receive something, and said Peter reached down with the right hand and grabbed him. And the Bible says, Brother Donnie, immediately he received strength. Amen. So, so I said all that, if you read in the next chapter, when they got brought before John and Peter got brought before the council, they had this lame man there, Brother Wayne, amen? Because he was a witness, amen? Not only was he the subject of the discussion, but he was an eyewitness. And see, you can't be a witness without seeing it. See, they're not going to call Brother Boyd um, to the stand and about testify about an accident that he had nothing to do with. Amen. He was nowhere around. You have to see something. You have to experience him. That's why I always quote that scripture that you overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony. Pastor said uh, the other day, said you would much rather have a testimony than to have a title, Sister Donna. Amen. Because not only does a testimony help you, it helps others. Amen? Because the Bible said that the people knew that he was the lame man. They knew this was the man that sat at the gate daily begging for alms, Brother Junior. See, when you have an experience of this Holy Ghost and you get this power that they're talking about in the, in the book of Acts, you don't really have to tell nobody, Brother Jerry. Amen? And I don't mean you got to run around town speaking in tongues and falling out on the floor and Amen. But our demeanor changes, Sister Amanda. So, so, so I want to read you this in Revelations 1 and 18. It's going to sound like we divert a little bit, but we're really not. He says in, in chapter 1, verse 18, it says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And the church say amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. See, Sister Peggy, when the devil tells you he's going to kill you, he's lying. Well, Brian, he can't do that. That's what he said. That's what he told God about Job. He said, you got to lower the hedge. Brother Jimmy, I can't get to him unless you lower the hedge. See, the devil just throws things. I always said he just throws things up against the wall, and then whatever sticks, that's what he plays with. But see, he says, Jen, if you, don't, if you don't play into that, the devil don't know what bothers you. He's just on a, what do you call that, a, fi a fishing exploration? He's just out throwing out lures and see what might bite, Brother Ben. But see, when he tells you that, you remind him that you're Jesus. Went down there and took the keys from him, and he don't have the keys no more. He can't threaten you no more that he can take your life. Because, Brother Wayne, Jesus has got those keys now. Amen? We're talking about being a witness. Now, here's a, in John 14, 12, and 14, and I'm fixing to get myself in trouble just a little bit with the pastor. I was hoping he would sit over there, but he's going to be right here. But we're going to go with what we got. 
To me, John 14, 12 through 14 is probably his most powerful words. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. But then he says, Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Sister Gibson, he said, And whatsoever ye shall ask, whatsoever. Now, I know in chiefling, that just opens up the book to just anything. Now, I don't know how it works when you cross the bridge and come over this side, but in chiefling. Now, if, if I rolled up at Brother Wayne's house and he said, Now, brother, I like you because we got the same hairdo and we got the same name. So what, whatsoever I've got, Sister Amy, he said, just go in there and get it. That means I can just help myself, right? But Larry, he can't call the popo and tell him to come get me because he said I could have what, whatsoever I want. Is that not what the Lord's saying right there? Isn't that what he's saying, Brother Chris? He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I love 14. See, I believe in faith. I mean, I just, it's just been instilled in me way back yonder. Brother Mike, I, I just, hey, did God answer all my prayers? No, that's okay. I'm still going to serve God anyway. His plan is so much better than what I had before, amen? This life is like a million times better. He said, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Sister Shannon, ain't that what it said in 14? Anything, Pastor, right? And this is where it gets great. So, y'all, Sister Melinda, you stick up for me. You've known me a long time, so you stick up for me. Now, what I'm holding in my hand, what I'm holding in my hand is a lottery ticket. I'm going to get on this side. All right? Now, being a man that I am, I stopped at the store and sent Sharon in to buy the thing, just in case Pastor was going by and seeing me. I didn't want him to say, I didn't buy it. I was like, Adam, you know, the woman God you gave me. But anyway, I'm drifting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Brother Brian. You with me, right? I know you're with me. But here's what it says. It says you could win $500 a week for life. Now, I expect to live a long time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so, see, Brother Jess, it says $500 a week for life. See, Brother Ben, I bet there's some folks here. How many of you folks, just by the showing of hands, we've got a few minutes. How many people think I got the winning ticket? Raise your hand. That's what I'm saying. How many of you folks think I got a losing ticket? Raise your hand. Now, how do y'all know that? We ain't even scratched it off. You know what I'm saying, Brother Wayne? We just assume that this is a bad ticket, right? Hang on, we're going somewhere. The lottery began in Florida January 12th, 1988. 31 years ago, sales for years 2017 and 2018 were $6.7 billion. At the Murphy's in town, there's a huge sign that reads, we sold a $5 million ticket at Murphy's. Well, they ain't ashamed of that. They put it out there so people are like, me and you would go by there, and the temptation is, well, because you know the hook in the lottery is that somebody's going to win, Sister Amy. Huh? It might as well be you. Right? Now, let's get down to where we're living at, Sister Jane. This is what he said. If you played Fantasy Five, your chances are 1 in 367,000 that you might win. 
Florida lottery is 22,957,000. To play Powerball, you have a 1 in 292 million. Mega million, or you have a 1, Brother Allen, in 302.5 million chance of winning. That's pretty powerful, ain't it? But they say somebody, Brother Jerry, is going to win. But here's my question is how many times have you walked to a jiffy store, to a grocery store, and you see these things scratched off and just thrown out there? Just thrown out because they've discarded it. Sister Gibson, they done check, they weren't a winner. They just discarded it. But let me back up here for just a minute. Let me tell you this number again. In sales in 1718, the year 17 and 18 were $6.7 billion. Sister Boyd, somebody had enough faith to give up their dollar. <laughs> because somebody, Brother Donnie, is going to win. See, faith, God said, you've got it. He said he gave every man, Brother Trevor, a measure of faith. He gave you the Holy Ghost to lead and guide you into all truth. He said, after you receive the Holy Ghost, after you receive the power, what I'm trying to tell you is, church, there's a lot of folks that will buy one of these and waste their dollars. Brother Tim, and just walk out of here, it's just a dollar. There's a lot of us Christian folks, Brother Allen, that won't ever put that faith to work. The odds here, Brother Toby, of somebody winning the lottery is like me growing hair, slim to none. Amen? I mean, really, let's just be, I'm not trying to be humorous, but I'm saying this is just a chance. But my point is, in this game here, I'm saying as Christians, we got such a better plan, church. We've got God living on the inside of us. But I think sometimes we just flop and flip it around like, folks do a lottery ticket because here's what i figured out about faith see when when it starts hitting at your house when it's time for you to be the witness let me let me just catch up here and i'll get going matthew 26 73 and 74 says this and after a while talking about peter when when jesus told him you deny me three times before the cock crows this is what I want to ask you. He said, he stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. I'm wondering, Sister Chelsea, if God just put a microphone behind us and would play it on Sunday morning or Wednesday night when we have church service, and a stranger walked through the door, could they tell by our conversations and our actions and reactions that we're a witness? See, it's easy to come in here and do the part and play the part. But see, where you really are a Christian, Brother Darrell, is outside these four walls. It's being that example. See, that's what set Jesus apart. Was when you see Jesus, you, that's what you've seen, was God manifested in the flesh. See, folks will take a chance on this, Brother Bobby. And they take chances on all other things, not just the Florida lottery. But as Christians, church, we're not taking a chance. 
He said he took those stripes on his back, Brother Jimmy, for our healing. He meant that. When he said he went away to prepare, prepare a place for us, Sister Amanda, he meant that. He said, he said I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you the comforter. He meant that. And I think we can, can sure testify to the fact that all of us have been serving God a long time that can all testify if, you, if I pass this microphone about the greatness that you've seen God do. That's one thing that I've always said that I enjoy so much about being an apostolic. Brother Wayne, is, is that they took the limits off of God and they say God can be whatever and whatever you need. God can be that for you. Man, I like the fact of that, Brother Justin. I like the fact that they tell me God can be as big to me. Wayne, you can have all of God that you want. It's just what you apply yourself to, Brother Danny, how big God will be to you. But I think is is in Revelations 3, 14 through 18, I think this is where we, I'm not talking about Hatch Ben in particular, but I'm talking about as a church overall. I think this is where we found ourselves, unfortunately. It says, unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, and he said, right, these things saith amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He said, I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work, work cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because I say as I am rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, and that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyes, that thou mayest see. And I know me and pastor and some other folks have talked about this, but Prosperity has really killed us, spiritually speaking, Brother Darrell. I don't know why the Lord put this in my mind, but we was coming over here. Brother Huggins used to tell the story when, before he took over the church in Chiefland. He was a traveling evangelist, and uh, he had went out to Louisiana to work because it just wasn't going too well in Florida. So anyway, on there somewhere, Brother Jerry, going out toward Louisiana, there's a big bridge or something he always talked about. He said, but he was pulling a bird dog behind him, Brother Wayne, and he had two gas tanks back there, and he knew he had full of gas, and he said uh, the needle was on E. And he said, well, once I get across this bridge, it was like 10 or 15 miles across the bridge or something. He said, I'll get gas. It's right there at the bottom. He said, when he started climbing up that hill, Brother Kenny, the truck started spitting and sputtering. And he said, God, this ain't good. He said, I got Got all this truck loaded down, and this bird dog's loaded, and I'm headed to Louisiana. And it spit and sputtered. He said he pulled over, and he ran out of gas. He said, no big deal. I'll jump back there and get my gas out of my tanks for my boat. Pastor, he said he got back there and picked up one tank with one hand. He said, oh, no, this is not good. So he reached over and picked up the other tank with the other hand. He said, oh, no, this ain't even good neither, Sister Gussie. He said they was both drained empty. So George said he took his gas can, and you remember back when you could get glass bottles, those six-and-a-half-ounce Coke bottles? He said he had one of them in the back of the truck and said he filled it up. That's all he could get out of those two tanks, Brother Justin. He said he poured it in his gas tank and said, in Jesus' name. And the boys kept saying, Daddy, just pull over. We'll call and get some help. He said, we going. We going, Sister Mia. 
So when he crossed that bridge and got to the gas station, he said that thing was still a-running. Now, see, it's like the lottery. You can say, Brother Wayne, I think you're crazy. That, that don't happen. See, some of y'all, one man said he thought I had a winning ticket. But the majority of the church said, no, Wayne, I think you got a loser. See, that's the same way the devil talks about faith. Because, see, if he can steal that before God gets that planted in your heart, you'll never try that. Because, see, today, if you're like Wayne, you got AAA. You'll just call 1-800-AAA. Now, God, I would have tried it. You know what I'm saying? But I had AAA. And that's what he was saying, Sister Ben, in the book of Revelation. He said, you folks don't need me no more. He said, there was a time that you'd have took a six-ounce Coke bottle and filled it up full of gas, and you'd have put it in and said, Brother Toby, we going. We going. See, now I got AAA. See, Brother Ron, I ain't pushed like Pastor was pushed back in the early 90s. See, and I'm convinced, church, and I think I got some witnesses in the house, Brother Danny, that remembers a time when we had to pray for some things. And I'm convinced, Brother Larry, that we all got people that are lost and undone. And we got friends and family that need to be saved. And I don't know about y'all, but I want to see revival at Hatch Bend. And I don't mean, I'm just going to drift on out here because I just told Pastor, if we make it to next month, and we may not, we'll have two years on the books. Amen? I'm going to be a certified member. Brother Danny said I would be. So, but here's what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you, if we want to see Sister Gibson, the church that they talk about in the book of Acts, we got to do more than just come to church, clap in hands, and just say amen. Amen? We got to fast when the pastor ain't told us, Sister Peggy, to fast. Because he, <laughs> I'm just going to step on out here. See, because if you don't love your family enough to fast and to pray for them, you can't expect Brother Wayne to love your family enough. So I'm, fa I'm fighting my own giants and my own family, Brother Allen. But he said if we're two or three are gathered, Sister Melinda, if we'll bind together in Jesus' name, I don't know about y'all, but those three nights going to Ocala like to kill me. Huh? Huh? I ain't going to lie to y'all. But I'm just waiting, Brother Wayne, for a pastor to say we have a revival. Because I don't care. Because here's what I've been in revival enough, Sister Sherry, to know about after that third night, God said, here, you get your double dose here, huh? I'm going to give you some going power. We've got home at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Brother Jack and had to get up and go to work at 6 o'clock. Felt like a new man. But see, we needed something, Sister Brittany. We needed something from God. There's nothing more exciting to me, Brother Jimmy, than to see the man or woman of God pray for somebody. They get up out of a wheelchair and start walking. Or somebody be blind and say, my God, I can see. I want to be like Jesus that told the withered man. He said, just stick your hand out, son. You just got to have enough faith. He said, you ain't got to get that hand healed. He said, just stick it out there. I'm talking about being a witness, church. Because we're of the faith, Brother Chris, that believes that there's nothing impossible to those that believe. We've got the truth. And if we're not willing to sacrifice church for a revival and for the saving and the outpouring of the backsliders to come back in to where, where God would make it possible that we could build a new church. Brother Bobby, if we don't make up the hedge, who's going to make up the hedge? 
It's on us, church. He said, after you've received the Holy Ghost, after you've received the power, go out and be a witness. But it's so easy to sit back in that recliner and say, man, I really want to. Please excuse this reference, but I just don't know how else to do it. So y'all just forgive my chief on education. Something about losing weight has always intrigued me, Brother Darrell. So on the computer when I'm, anyway, um, when I'm just scrolling around on county time, and um, I see where somebody lost 60 pounds, and it just drives me crazy. So I just click on it because I got to know. Because I know they went to Walmart and bought a pill. Or they went on Amazon and got a diet powder or something. And it's just cured all, Brother Toby, their hunger. But everyone, Sister Gussie, that I've clicked on, Sister Amy has said the same thing. I cut back what I was eating and I exercise. You mean there ain't a miracle drug out there, Brother Mike, that I can just take and it? No, no. Church, there is no miracle drug that these backsliders are going to come in. If Jesus, if Jesus don't touch their heart and put that hook, that Holy Ghost hook in their jaw, get them to the altar, church. But the thing is, see, the, the problem with losing weight, Sister Shanna, is that it hurts. I, you know, now the greatest and latest thing is an 18-hour fast. I said, man, Jesus has been on that way back yonder. Amen. <laughs> Jesus told him a long time ago, you don't lose weight, just fast a little bit. Amen? I thought I got a good amen out of that, but I missed that one. I got that, so I'll move on. Here's what I'm trying to tell us, church. It's going to hurt, such Peggy. But my God, the rewards are going to be worth it because we're going to be a witness. People's going to leave Hatch Bend, and they're going to go out, Brother Toby, and they're going to say, what happened to you, man? He said, man, you ought to go to church. So I went to a place I ain't never heard no preaching like that, never heard no singing like that, never seen no worshiping like that. I seen people get up out of wheelchairs. I seen people lame. I seen blind. You say, oh, Brother Wayne, that can't happen. Oh, Brother Wayne, it can happen. Because my Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he done it back then, he'll do that today. The only problem we've got now is that we're like the, we're like the, the church of Laodicea. Brother Trevor, we don't have to fast for, and ask God to send somebody by to leave us a meal at the doorsteps. We don't have to pray anymore that God send me some work that, that so I can just meet my... I'm not interested in buying five new Cadillacs. I, or I don't have... Here's the thing, Brother Donnie, if, if we didn't have the money to do the things that we could do, I bet we'd pray a little bit more. I bet we'd be a better witness. Amen. But see, the thing is about this old flesh, if you'll just petty it a little bit, if you'll baby it just a little bit, it'll say, can I have just a little bit more? Church, I want to encourage you. He, I want to encourage you to, 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 to let's just try God. By the way, I want to see a revival. I want to see, I want to see the sinner to come. I, I want to see folks that are lukewarm. I want to see them to come. You know, they get on the Internet and do blogs and talk about whatever they talk about, Brother Ben, but wouldn't it be nice if somebody got on the, the computer and said, man, you ought to go to Hatch Ben. Man, there are folks God is doing miraculous things at Hatch Ben. I don't know about you, Sister Linda, but I'm willing to sacrifice. 
I'm talking about being a witness. In 1 Kings 17 and 1, it says, And Elijah the Tishabite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilad, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Ain't that what he said, Pastor? That's what he said. So what he told Ahab is, look at here, Brother Jeremy, because I'm asking God, he's going to take the spigot and turn it off. I wonder if Brother Wayne's got, this Brother Wayne, has got enough faith to go to the president or whoever or whoever and say, according to the word, my word, God's going to back up my word. Because we're going to get to it if I don't run out of town. Real quickly in the book of James, it tells you what kind of man Elijah was. Brother Ray, one of the first messages I remember him preaching when we started coming here was God could use God didn't use superheroes. He just used the everyday person. And pastor, that's what we are, everyday people. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing exalted itself against the knowledge of God. He's talking about our mind, Brother Jerry. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In, eight, in 1 Kings 18, 1 through 2, it says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Three years. That he shut up the heavens. In the book of James, it says three and a half years. But he said, you go tell Ahab, it's fixing to rain. And if you'll read on here, Ahab and, um, I forget who my mind, Obadiah. Ahab told him and Obadiah, said, look, you're going to go one way and I'm going to go another way and we're going to go look for some grassy fields because we have a few horses and a few mules. And if we don't get some grass, we're going to be out of the horse business. You know, it's one thing to um, ask God to curse your enemy, Sister Donna, but it's another thing when you're in the middle of that curse. Amen? Amen? Because see, Ava, if you read, if you read the, the, here in 1 Kings 17 and 18, you know, Elijah... He was without water himself. So that's what I, that's what I was saying earlier, Sister Peggy, is that, that if we really want God to do miraculous things, it's going to start here. This man cannot uh, uh, mandate us to do that. Because I'm telling you, it's too hard of a thing. If you ain't got a burden, Brother Chris, you, you just can't do this thing. I just wonder where Wayne and Sharon and, and their two daughters would be if somebody hadn't had a burden for them and sacrificed and played the price. I wonder how many of us would be here tonight if somebody hadn't made up the hedge and said, you know what, it's so hard, Brother Trevor, but somebody's coming behind me that's going to need, I may not see it and I may not experience, but somebody's going to see this and somebody's going to experience this. We're eating the fruits of somebody else's labors, but I say it's time for us to labor some so folks can eat some labors coming behind us. Amen? And we all know the story how the Elijah told, told Ahab, he said, I want you to get all the children of Israel. I want you to bring them to Mount Carmel, me and, and the uh, 850 prophets of the grove and 
of, um, ah, my mind just went blank, of the grove and of, of Baal, one man against 850 folks. Justin, that don't seem like very good odds, does it? But see, the man of God wasn't scared. The man of God said, look at here. He said, um, he said, he, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. If you go on down and read, he said, Here's what we're going to do. You 850 prophets, you're going to get you a, a, a bull, and I'm going to get me one, and we're going to ox, and we're going to chop him up. But he says, Elijah says, Since there's so many of y'all, he said, I'm going to let y'all go first. But he said, oh, one thing. He said, now, when you build your sacrifice, we're not going to use no fire. Huh. Huh. I'm thankful that I serve a God, Brother Jeremy, that you put him on the spot he don't run and hide and get somewhere and cow down. God just needs an Elijah or two just to step out and say, look at here. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. Amen. So it said that the, the 850 took off, and so they started doing their little thing in the, the morning. By noontime, had nothing happened. And verse 27 and 26, 28 says, Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey. Or preadventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. And the Bible says, and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And the Bible says that they jumped up there and broke down the altar. And this went on to the evening sacrifice. The Bible said that Elijah said, all right. He took his 12 stones and rebuilt the altar, Brother Jerry. And we all know the story how that all worked out. But here's my question. We're in a famine for three, three and a half years, Brother Darrell. And the Bible says that Elijah told him, said, take four barrels of water. After he dug a ditch around the altar, and he said, pour it on the sacrifice. I don't know how many of you folks have ever had a cookout, Brother Chris, or wanted to have a cookout, and your wood got wet. Have you ever tried to burn wet wood? It's kind of difficult. Right, Brother Bobby? Elijah said, here's what we'll do. We'll just go another step. Pour me some another four barrels of water on that thing. Where did the water come from, Sister Amanda? They was in a drought. He said, that ain't good enough, Brother Kenny. He said, let's go another time. He put 12 barrels of water. And he asked God to let the fire fall. And we all know the story that the fire fell. And not only did it lapped up all the sacrifice, and all the stones. But Jerry, the Bible said it even got the dust and lapped that up. And he said in verse 41, he said, Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance rain. Church, I don't know about y'all, but I believe there's an abundance rain coming to Hatch Bend Apostolic Church. It may take us to stand before some folks, look them eyeball to eyeball, when all the doubting Thomases, all the Job's friends have showed up. Brother Wayne tell you, there just ain't no way your God's going to do that. 
But I'm like Elijah. I say that the God that answers by fire. Amen. I remember when we was in Chiefland, we had a lady that didn't even go to church. Her family didn't even come to church, had no connection to the church. They knew some folks that went to Mount Zion, and she was on life support, and they called and said, hey, would y'all mind going and pray for her? Sister Joyce, we went over there, and the pastor went in there and prayed for that woman, and just a few little while, they was pulling the plugs off of her, getting her up and getting her ready to go home. Some years later, the same thing happened, Sister Boyd. Called pastor, and he went back over and laid hands on her another time. God raised her up. Brother Jimmy, I, I appreciate all that God showed me in the past, but I want to see some things today. I want to see that. You know, I, I remember pastor talking about Sister Amy about how he's been in churches. They'd have crutches and wheelchairs and braces and all that up on the wall as a memorial to God. Sister Brittany, don't you want to see that? I want to see that. I want to see the dead raised in Jesus' name. Not that they'll ever know my name or your name, but they'll know the name of Jesus. Because, see, me and you can't change anything. We can't make one walk. We can't open a blinded eye. We can't open a deaf ear. We can't open up the windows of heaven. Pour them out a blessing, Brother Chris, but Jesus. So I'm rushing to a close now. But I do want to read to you what James chapter 5, verse 13 and 18, because if the devil's not told you yet, he's all, he will tell you in just a few little bits. Now, what that bald-headed man was talking about to you tonight had really nothing to y'all. Because if he can plant just a little bit of doubt, Brother Bobby, in mine in your life, if he can come by, the Bible said that he'd come by and steal the word out before it ever got rooted and grounded. The other day, I just got to say this, but the other night when we was at the conference or at the thing over in Ocala, I told Sister Jane, I said, if you don't keep your eyes on me, I'm going to take that fella home with me. I like that, Brother Danny. And she said, she said, now you just wait a minute. She said, I've had him 50, 52 years. And her smile was from here to here. She was just so happy. And once I got in the car, I said, honey, you think you'll be that happy with me? And she said, well, <laughs> I'm not going to tell y'all her response, for Brother Dale. It she didn't smile like Sister Jane did, so I'm going to spend some time with Brother Danny, amen? Because whatever he's doing, man, Brother Nick, he's, it's going good. But my point is, is this. She was so happy to tell me how much she loved her husband. You understand, when I told her I wanted to take him to Chiefland, she bowed up and said, no, no, no. I was just teasing. I really did. But my point is, is this. When's the last time that you was really excited to tell somebody about Jesus? When's the last time that Jesus just not have to push you and just make you and just put you on the spot to say something, Sister Chelsea, instead of you just smile real big and say, man, I got to tell you what happened in church. I got to tell you what happened in my prayer closet. I got to tell you what I read in his word. Man, I saw something online. A YouTube man just blowed my... I just, you just got to look at that thing. See, the devil will tell us, but Jerry, people don't want to hear that. That ain't so cool in 2019, but let me read this in closing. He said, is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is there any merry? Let him sing psalms. 
I love this part. He said, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And if this ain't a Jesus, I know it's all Jesus, but this 16 is not Jesus. It's just, you tell me who it is. Confess your faults one to another. He said, pray one for another that ye may be healed. But Jerry, only God would say that. Only God would say, put yourself in the last position and put your neighbor in the first position. I want to challenge us, church, to, 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 to say, you know what, neighbor? You know, brother, if you ain't going to worship God, you ain't going to hinder me. I'm going to worship God. If somebody needs prayer, I'm going up front and I'm going to pray for somebody. If somebody needs to be a witness, God sent me, let me be that witness. He said, he said, he said, confess, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, he said, availeth much. Now, here's where I was driving at. Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. See, Sister Gibson, he wasn't no superman. He wasn't from another planet. Sister Sherry, he just trusted God. He said, King, according to my word, we turn in the spigot off right now. Church, I say we get some Holy Ghost boldness. I say we look the devil eyeball to eyeball and say, Devil, you mess with my family long enough. You mess with my finances long enough. You mess with my mind long enough. In Jesus' name. Brother Danny, if we don't claim them in Jesus' name, who's going to claim them in Jesus' name? God said Elijah was a, sub, a man subject like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly. When's the last time we earnestly prayed that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months? And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. If I could get you to stand. Could I just get you to, let's just raise our hands and we just ask God to just stir up something inside of us. Because we do serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Brother Larry. And Elijah was a man subject to like passion like we are. The Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.